Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies. Because everyone has a story to tell, it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And joining me today is a retired soldier. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. Uh, living the dream now, collecting and rebuilding and racing uh, old motorcycles. Uh, man, I met him nine years ago at the uh, the Triumph Rally in Nelson. He's the man that sponsored my membership into the Fez Monkeys and the Blue Meanies Motorcycle Clubs. And thank you, you for that. He's the man we all call Mordo. Mort, thanks for joining us. You bet. Well, because we do what we do without any ado, why don't you tell us a story? Yeah, well, I guess to begin with, it's, it, it, it's usually a story I like to tell when I'm really, you know, uh, uh, I've had a bit to drink, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I've not had a bit to drink, so we'll, we'll just take it from here. But uh, it, it is not, it's, it's a story that's slightly ironic and, and, um, and a lot of times uh, uh, girls are not fond of it, but uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I guess a little bit of background. Uh, I was working prior to being a career military uh, civil servant uh, before that trajectory of my life uh, came about. I was I was uh, odd jobbing. And one of the things I had done was I bartended and I was in a, in a kind of a Skid Row-ish bar in the town I, I live in, in in Montana, if there is such a thing, actually, but just not a, just kind of a low budget place, and and lots of uh, lots of um, oh, uh, just kind of street people that hang out, hang out there, and I, I usually work the morning shift, and and uh, so I got to I got to kind of meet the the you know the people that that usually are out at night, and then they maybe wake up briefly in the morning to get well with a drink, or they're just coming in. And uh, you know the sewer lids slide back at a certain hour, and the, <laughs> and the night people arrive, and and uh, yeah, so the, the, this this story is basically about one of them, and and uh, she's a prostitute, and she worked my bar a little bit. I'd run her out every time I'd catch her, but she'd come back, and and um, she so she she knew me, and and she was a really despicable person in every way she was despicable looking she was despicable acting she was not right in the head mm -hmm. and uh, but she made a living or somewhat of a living by just catching drinks and food in exchange for sexual favors and then she would you know periodically actually i think get someone to give her money you know which <laughs> you know I, I, which does make one a professional yeah it does make yeah on, on some level i guess so and <laughs> and uh but I, I was just wholly not impressed with her and and um, and neither was anyone else i won't mention her name because it's, it's just you know there's no point in it mm -hmm. but but uh anyway uh i after the 900th time of throwing her out i i i actually bumped into her at another bar i was out with some friends and and we were we were drinking away and she is working the bar very hard up and down the bar trying to get people to buy her drinks it's like just hanging off people getting up in their ear biting your ears i mean just this really not fun <laughs> really not attractive and she was i had ran her off and just get the hell away from me and she turned to a friend of mine and 
and she was she was kind of chewing on his ear, talking to him. And I, I happened to glance down, and I noticed she was wearing cut off Levi's, and and uh, they were very very short, and um, they they had been frayed quite a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in just this sort of fit of devilment, I was just lighting a cigarette, and I saw these little fringes, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll light one. And like thinking, thinking it would be like a hot foot, right? You know, and uh, just a, a quick little flash, and it'd be over. So I, in fact, zippoed this fringe, and and it didn't just a little flash, it burst into flames <laughs> both sides she's hits the ground rolling hollering clearly in some small amount of pain some distress <laughs> people are throwing drinks on her <laughs> yelling laughing i mean the the gambit and she she was you know had some minor little burns but nothing nothing terrible but but she was really angry and she left the bar thought okay that's the end of it no problem Several days later, and this is the part that it gets sort of sad, is uh, that this, this she turned up dead. And uh, she'd been beaten to death. Mm. And uh, they'd found her some homeless camp on the river. And uh, and I, I'd heard about it. And I thought, well, it's a shame. Didn't really wish her any ill. But, you know, she'd lived a, a, a pretty dangerous lifestyle. And uh, so I thought no, no more of it. And then oh, perhaps a week later, I was I was... Uh, in the Army Reserve, and uh, one of my officers in the Army Reserve was a detective with the police department. Mm-hmm. And he, he walked up to me and he said, hey, did, did you know this girl's Someone's name? And I said, yes, you know, yeah, kind of freaky, huh? Did you, any ideas? No, not at all. You know, the guys are probably long gone. And he said, uh, he said I don't tell anybody, but she was tortured. I said, like, holy shit, really? She was tortured? He goes, yeah. There were burns around both legs. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) I was tempted to tell him that, you know, I I know about these. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just let this sleeping dog lie. (laughs) So that's basically the accidental story of, of, uh, of... of the, the 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 burning hooker, the, the one time the accidentally said hooker time, on fire, it was just ironic because you know the the police thought there was a lot more to it than there was, mm-hmm. and and uh, I, you know unfortunately, you know that, that uh, it does not have a happy <laughs> ending. <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's it. That's, You've lived that, a life. <laughs> that that is my that is my epic saga. <laughs> now you collect and, and rebuild. A lot of motorcycles. You know how many you've got in your collection right now? It's uh, a good question. If you count projects that that are relatively complete or mm-hmm. almost certainly will be bikes, they're probably somewhere closing in on hundred. <laughs> um, I know that's just it's it's hoarding levels. It's ridiculous. I feel like a fleet manager, but I do have some nice stuff. But I've been I've been at it a really long time, mm-hmm. and and happily I I I have not had to pay what a lot of the value would be now and uh and uh in current terms and and uh you get kind of well known for something and and people start to look for you so i don't i don't have to actively spend time trying to find stuff it it, it kind of finds me 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've got that reputation of this. Yeah, this yeah, guy knows it. The, and yeah, he'll you're appreciate a player, it. and people find out. And then, and if you have a lot of one thing, and someone has very little of one thing, sometimes they feel like like it's they need to be together. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you had if you collected like a woman who maybe collects dolls, mm-hmm. and and they have hundreds of dolls, and and someone else has one, and they think, well, that was lonesome. It should be with yeah. hundreds. And this is kind of a happy thing for me because I I. You collect I, a lot I of orphans. To, I, I, yeah, yeah. I've adopted a, a, a lot of, of bikes that, in, in that way, and I am totally a sucker for an orphan bike. I will. So, I so will. they're rescue bikes. Basically. Well, some, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, and some just find me. I, I've literally had bikes show up in boxes or in, in almost whole on my doorstep without a clue where <laughs> they have come from. Someone has just dropped and ran, and and, and nothing, you know, great, but. But, but it's better than no bike. Yeah, and then maybe years later, somebody will say, hey, how'd that bike turn out? And I go, what bike? You know, and then the, the, you know, the mystery is solved. They, <laughs> they go, oh, you're the guy that dropped it off. You know, thanks. Well, and, you, and you've got a reputation that uh, pretty much every year you build a different bike to take down to Bonneville. Yeah, I try to build a, at least one bike different to go to Bonneville Salt Flats. And, and, and it's uh, pretty much always something, something unique. Yeah, I try to do vintage. Uh, well, and you are working on a uh, on a movie project or a television project right now. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk well, about that. Yeah, well, you know, unfinished business. I retired from civil service here in the last year and a half, and uh, you know, been, was knocking around trying trying to figure out what I was going to do. A filmmaker friend of mine had been bugging me for years to to get more involved in his projects and Eric Ristow. So uh, we started, oh, I guess about two years ago, just footballing around the idea of a screenplay and and uh i had a little bit of film experience as a kid a young man and but mostly 16 millimeter stuff Mm -hmm. nothing you know nothing nothing professional certainly and so this was kind of a new thing and and uh yeah he uh he got me involved in a a first in the story and then suddenly acting and suddenly co-producing and he was a, a bit inspired by uh a program um uh, or excuse me, a, a film called Monsters mm-hmm. that was uh, a few years ago. Anyway, we'd, uh, there was a film called Monsters that was released a few years ago, and it was uh, basically filmed by a, a, a director, a cameraman, and two actors. And they went to Mexico and and created a, a script that was that they could they could work into with a lot of uh, special effects. And so very, very simply filmed, very, very inexpensively, and they made a lot of damn money on it. And mm-hmm. they they uh, landed some really good jobs. The same production company now is, I believe, doing the remake of Godzilla, which is a pretty big step. So yeah, that's sort of, got some credibility. Indeed, yeah. And and Eric uh, has has finished a, a several feature films, and and uh, but like like all things like projects you have to kind of turn on the money hose and take a big gamble so we we decided we were going to keep this really lean and and uh, came up with this story the story changed dramatically over a couple of years and in a nutshell the the the, the film is called uh, the last motorcycle on earth um we uh we've done a little bit of fundraising on it we've uh, we're in production now uh we we are debating whether to make it a like a three-part movie uh, three entire three entire movies or or if we can sell it as a, a series a television series mm-hmm. we're we're cutting it as a pilot right now 
and um, if it doesn't sell, then we're back, you know, uh, selling it as a movie, which was which was easier. But yeah. um, but uh, anyway, yeah, we have some some hopes for it. It's a it's a it's a unique story. It has a very unique feel. It's it's um, there's nothing really out there like it. Um, the preponderance of, of motion pictures and TV series, most especially now, are, are uh, out of California or or out of Vancouver, and uh, they all, a lot of them, especially the TV series, have a very similar feel, look, smell, taste. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 are a bit cookie cutter, and 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 it's I mean it's safe. So the the one thing that we do have going for us, besides a really excellent story. And, and some really good production value. We have, we have uh, uh, something that, that's unique, and it might actually put some fear into the networks, and fear that someone else will buy it, mm-hmm. and then they they will miss something that's that's different. We're we're, we're going to create we. We're going to create buzz just because we're from, coming from a different camp. Yeah, that alone will will help. Yeah, it's settings that people aren't just going to recognize from ten right. other shows. And the and the the last film out of out of uh, this director, uh, Best Bar in America, was actually very well received and and uh, budget, you know, had flaws certainly, but but a, a well received film, well loved, uh, continues to sell. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we have some hopes for this. It'd be it'd be a lot of fun. This is my first. This is my first feature, you know, big project. And it's uh, it looks like it's leading to to some other things. We've had some other offers come down. I've had some personal acting offers that I was shocked. I'm not an actor, you know, and not at all. But a, a big a big damned ham, but not a not a not an actor. So yeah, it's a, it's been a really fun project, and I'm anxious for it to come out. It can, if you uh, if you Google it, you can find some trailers, funding trailers, the actual the trailer for the actual film. Uh, when we or or pilot will be quite a little bit different, a little more elaborate. We very short trailer for fundraising, and uh, we've we've come a lot further now. So yeah, we're real hopeful. We should hopefully have this buttoned up and and uh, be in post production by the first of September, mm-hmm. and uh, then start working on getting it sold and and marketed somehow. Well, great. We'll we'll definitely make sure to get some uh, some links, and we'll uh, we'll get a link to the trailer up in the liner notes. And uh, yep. people can great. definitely check that out. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to share your story with us and uh, sure. taking some time no, out from the rally. One more story, one more little tiny one. Oh, I'm always up for one more story. Okay, well here here you go. This one this one's from my youth, and uh, and, and and it's it's I'm not sure how I would I would portray this. So just but imagine that yourself if you were somewhere around four years old, mm-hmm. maybe maybe almost almost five, but fourish and. A large family, youngest of of, of four kids, and and uh, an extended family beyond, and and um, a kind of a somewhat overwhelmed mother, who who could not deal with taking the youngest child on family vacations because it was just too damn much work. So that being me, I was foisted off on grandparents, and uh, for for any kind of family outing. Well, finally, uh, they made up this family trip to Disneyland, and uh, I was. I was thrilled because I was being, I was told that I was going to get to go. Get to go to Disneyland. That's the big going one. Going to Disneyland. And we're talking like 1960. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Disneyland is like 
the, the place. That's Shangri-La for kids. Oh, man. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was just surreal that but I was going to get to actually go to Disneyland. And, and, and we, in fact, went. We, we went to this trip to California. And those days, you always stayed with relatives. Nobody stayed in motels, mm-hmm. you know, families, even though we could have well afforded it. We stayed in little campers and things and and uh but yeah it was quite an adventure but we, we in fact got to disneyland and and um i was pretty amped up about it and i'd got I, i'd got to like all the classic sort of kids rides and stuff but the one that got me was the cups and saucers yep the cups and saucers had a special place in my heart because i, I thought that would be the most fun and uh and i was so excited about waiting in line that i neglected to go to the bathroom and uh, and uh, so I got on the cups and saucers ride, and it was you know had a lot of fun, and and had kind of a minor little accident. An incident. Yeah, I, I pissed my pants, and uh, like full on, and uh, but but my mom did not quite notice it, and my sister had some kind of purple cotton candy, and she, I was able to get it from her and and I attempted to camouflage <laughs> the uh, offending area with with uh, cotton candy so I had this sort of absurd uh, maw of 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 purple fur on my 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 pants and and uh, uh, somehow they they noticed and uh, I was in some some small amount of trouble and I was whisked away into a bathroom somewhere pants removed cleaned up dad disgusted <laughs> complaining that I shouldn't have brought me I was too young um, so I was now you know a bit crestfallen and uh, somewhere somehow this pair of of like lederhosen looking things turned up like Pinocchio pants but but with Mickey Mouse's face on them with kind of and and they seemed like they were a little, they were a little too, too young for a you know a a, a, a big fella kid. yeah a big big boy yeah just had an unfortunate accident, and uh, so they put me in these damn things and and uh, pretty humiliated you know I mean very shameful walking out into the bright California sunlight <laughs> and I'm looking around and I'm wearing these damn Mickey Mouse lederhosen I look out into the you know, into the into the crowd, and I'm and I don't want to make eye contact with anyone, and I'm I'm looking and kind of down and around, and then I notice other young men that are also attired, <laughs> and I thought, you know what, it's going to be all right. These are my peeps, and you know what else? You're my peeps. <laughs> thanks for thanks for letting me blurb here. <laughs> thanks thanks for taking the time, Mordo. Okay, man. Great talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. If you have, make sure to head over to iTunes or the Google Play Store. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future show. While you're there, we would absolutely love it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. The more of those we get, the higher we'll appear in the search results, allowing us to find more guests and bring more stories to more of you. If you'd like to appear on the show, hit us up at CapturingLegacies.com and we will get you on a future episode. Until next time, thanks a lot.